Hello, and welcome to Come Towards Delight, the podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gregson. My mission is to find everyday people who are delightful. The people I interview have attractive energy and a positive outlook on life. And I want to give them a platform to share their stories so that others can have hope in the midst of their struggles and see delight in a world that at times can seem gloomy. I will uncover the life experiences of the guests that I interview, which have enabled them to look at life in such an inspiring and delightful way, with the belief that to understand the light, one has to be acquainted with the dark. My guests will share their personal experiences on finding their way through dark and hopeless times and give us a glimpse into the powerful gifts they received in their darkest hours to rise up, take up hope, and view life through new, hope-filled eyes. Is it possible that in our darkest hours, we are given a gift to find the light which leads to our greatest delights? Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Come Towards Delight, the podcast. My name is Michael Gregson, and I'm your host. I'm excited to have you listening to another episode today or tonight or whatever it is for you as you're listening, right? I think I say tonight or today every differently. As your host, I'm getting better at this hosting thing. So one day I'll have a scripted entry to this thing. <clears throat> Going to be fun tonight. Um, I've got a guest uh, that I, I met just recently after I did a podcast interview with Todd Sylvester on his belief cast podcast, which is a phenomenal podcast. And I encourage you to listen to it. Um, he does a wonderful job. Um, but after I did that, I, I, a gentleman named Weston Clark reached out to me and, um, told me great job, loved your story. So cool. And, and you kind of connected the dots, letting me know that, that you had been through some things very similar to me and with some addiction, um, and, and having a, a spot of homelessness in your life and, and just trying to find yourself and get your footing throughout your life. Right. Mm -hmm. What's interesting is, is you and I are about the same age. And, uh, and so there's definitely some similarities there, but there's also some things that you've been through that, uh, are going to bring some enlightenment to people and, and help, um, some people who are struggling in that dark spot to know what you did in your life to come out of it and get through it. So Weston Clark is your name and excited to have you with us, Weston. Weston, just so everybody knows. Yeah, seriously, I should give you some time. <laughs> no, no, thank you. I'm, I'm extremely grateful to, to be on your podcast and, and I'm, ex I'm excited. I mean, I, I love your story. Truly, uh, it really humbled me and, and yeah, I just, I loved your vulnerability. So thanks my friend. Yeah. And, uh, excited to hear you share yours too. Thanks. Um, just so y'all know, Weston lives in, in Utah County right now, Spanish fork, right? Yeah. And, uh, he is currently now a facilitator over the LDS 12 steps program program out there in Spanish fork. And, and I, you know, I did that for a while and, and I got to tell you, I love that program. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I mean, it's, that's what keeps me going every week. You know, yeah. it recharges the batteries is, is what they say, you know, and I'm just blessed. It's been a blessing in my life. So. Amen. And not only the connections that you make there, but yeah. like, it's what do they say? It's it's like the atonement for dummies, right? And, <laughs> yeah. and it's not, I mean, it truly is. It's like, hey, it let's is. take all the parts of the scriptures that everybody's like, I kind of get lost around here. Yeah. Don't know what that means. And it's like you, you put it right there in big bold letters. Yeah. It, but it's I'll tell you, it's beautiful. And whether you struggle with an addiction or not, there's different personality characteristics and traits that we all kind of carry around with us that we want to improve from. Mm -hmm. And the LDS Twelve Steps program is really a guide to help us do that and connect with the Savior more and learn and understand how to um, really follow him and, yeah. and give up our own our own selfish wills and, and enmity with God, if you will, and, and really putting our mindset and our heart 
in, in line with him and in tune with him. And it, it's a beautiful program. So anyway, you're out there doing that. You also, uh, what you do for uh, professionally, you, you are with K&W Top Notch Window Cleaning. Mm-hmm. And you guys do residential, but you're also breaking into the commercial field as well. And uh, you, you go throughout the Salt Lake Valley, Utah County. I'm sure if uh, someone in St. George wanted you, they paid enough. You'd travel down there, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, right. Enjoy so, the hey, weather. <laughs> yes. So we'll leave. We'll make sure that at the end of this podcast, um, that we give some information for any of you to contact Weston if you want to. His story is going to really impress you. Um, he's been through a lot of stuff, and so if you if you know anybody, you have kids, you have family members, extended family, anybody you know that that is going through some difficult things, as you listen to this, if you if you have their name come to your mind, uh, your heart. I'd encourage you to reach out to Weston. Um, I know he wants to help people and I know God's really put you in a place where you can. And um, so we'll have you at the end, talk about your Instagram, just kind of like the, the uplifting things that you do and what you're currently doing. So people, if they want to get a hold of you, they can. Absolutely. I'd Sound good? To. Yeah. All right. Let's take it away, my friend. Where do you want to start? Uh, we'll start from the, from the beginning. Uh, First like, grade, second grade. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a wee lad. Um, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so yeah, I grew up in, in Lehigh, Utah. Um, back then it was a small town. I, I don't know. There was... I don't know the population, but literally they didn't have any stoplights when I, when I grew up there. So that kind of tells you how small it was. No stoplights. Yeah. 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 It was hard. I was like, stop signs, you know? Yeah. Those, you know, those, those didn't stop me, but stoplights. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, I grew up in, uh, Lehigh. I, I had a, I have a brother and a sister, a uh, family of three, um, you know, and, and we were really, I mean, our family, we were family oriented growing up. Um, you know, I, my dad was, my dad was strict. You know, we, we grew up, um, you know, we had chores every day. Um, you know, I remember as a kid, uh, we, <laughs> it's funny, but yeah, so we called him the vacuum Nazi, but you know, <laughs> cause he would always get mad at us, you know, if we didn't vacuum just in the right, you know, if there was a line in the carpet, oh, then yeah. we had to redo it. Yeah. The rows had to be, yeah, it's like, it's like the old guys you see in the neighborhood with the perfect stripes in their lawn, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, so there's some parents that are like, you gotta do that with the vacuum too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. So yeah, we learned, you know, we learned a lot of discipline is, is when we were little. And so I knew about hard work, um, you know, and, and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, as far as, as you know, me and my brother and sister, we got along really good. Um, you know, uh, growing up as a kid, I, you know, there wasn't, we weren't, we didn't have a lot of like, it wasn't perfect. You know, there wasn't a lot of, you know, a lot of my friends had, you know, families that, you know, you know, that I looked at was perfect. You know, as a kid, you, you know, you kind of, you, you know, you look at your lifestyle for me, it was, I, I looked at a lot of things that were going on and I looked at my friends and I, you know, I started comparing myself, you know, okay. because the, you know, they had, you know, the perfect, you know, so-called perfect family. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, my dad, he was, uh, an alcoholic. Um, you know, and so when I was young, that's kind of, you know, as far as I remember, um, you know, uh, you know, it was, he was an alcoholic. So I kind of, that seemed kind of normal to me. I didn't really, I never questioned it. Um, but I remember, um, this time that my dad and he had a friend that they used to drink together. And I remember my mom, I I got to go ride with my dad and they were going to go up in the mountains up by Alpine. And I remember, um, you know, I was sitting in this Bronco and his, and his buddy's Bronco and we were up in the uh, kind of, I don't remember exactly where, but it was up on this dirt road and they were intoxicated. And I remember, um, they were crossing a bridge and I remember my dad was like, Oh, your tire's going off the edge. And I remember flipping over off this bridge into the river upside down. So you were on a, were you on a four wheeler? No, we were in a, it was like an old school Bronco. Oh, or, no kidding. Yeah. You were in a Bronco. I mean, those yeah. things were big back then too. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was wild. I remember yeah, like my dad screaming and you know before I knew it I was upside down and I remember the cab 
was filling up with water because the stream it was like American Fork River or something yeah. like that. So it was like coming inside. And you were how old at this point? God, I think I was like five. Jeez. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, so five Broncos upside down. You're in a riverbed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I remember, you know, like they were panicking and I remember I was in the back. So I got flung to the back and I remember, um, you know, water coming in and inside the cabin. So my dad, you know, opened the door, got it opened and they both, he grabbed me and they, you know, we all kind of like exited into the river. And I, you know, it, it's, it's wild because I remember like this very vividly. And I remember like out of nowhere, like there was um, like, you know, these, um, a lot of um, handicapped kids, you know, the ones that, uh, that were, um, I don't know where they came from. Like they came out of the trees and I remember like, it was like 20 of them and they literally like came down to the river and were like wanting to help us try to pull us up out of the river. And, and, and I just was like, you know, my dad, we were all like, we're like, you know, out of this, like the trees, you know, like, like 20, 25 of them. And, and, you know, I, I, you know, I look at it, think about it now. It's like, you know, that, you know, heavenly father, you know, that definitely were, you know, angels, you know, that's how I looked at it. That's now. amazing. Now, now, hold on. Yeah. So they were all handicapped. Yeah. Was this like a field trip they were on up in that area? Or do you think, is there like a, like kind of like a, a residence up there where they, you know, like it, camp K camp Christopolis up here in Salt Lake, like that kind of a thing. You know, I, I don't know. It, the, the, the thing is, is like, there was, um, I think there was like, cause it was like, it wasn't like a very, camp, like there wasn't a lot of campgrounds I sure. should say. And so like the road that we were on, it just, it just seemed like they were just, they just came out of the trees and I don't know. Jeez. Yeah. So I, it like really, like I, I thought about it and, and then there was like one of their, um, teachers, you know, yeah. that, that was with them, but yeah. you know, they came down and it was great. They helped us, you know? And I remember, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, it was really crazy. And I remember like the one thing I remember is like I had this uh, Charleston chew, you know, those... <laughs> back in the day, man. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, all oh. about those. <laughs> the stinking chocolate would flake off every bite. Like you bend it. And it oh, yeah. Ah, anyway. <laughs> yeah. You know all about them. Yep. Yeah. So I remember like I had the, I had a candy bar and I remember watching this little candy bar float down the river. And I was like, you know, I just like flipped out. I was like, no, you know, I, I forget about what just happened. You know, I was like, all I cared about was my candy bar at that point. Yeah. And so, yeah, my dad went down there and like grabbed it. And you know, he like rescued the candy bar. And I was like, yes, you know, all through that. that but that was really tra traumatic. I, you know, and that's, you know, and I remember like the sheriff came up, the sheriff came up there and, you know, and, and, you know, they, they got my dad and his friend got off, you know, cause back in those days, they really, you know, it's like everybody knew everybody, you know? So yeah, and, I got you. So yeah. they had they, now again, they were drinking yeah. prior to this happening. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then the sheriff came up there and just kind of like slapped him on the wrist and they got his Bronco pulled out. So, you know, that, that was, you know, uh, like, and then we got home and my mom was, you know, like pissed at my dad, yeah. you know, cause she's like, how could you, you know, but you was know, he pretty upfront? I mean, I, not that this is a big part of your story, but was he pretty upfront with her at that point in his life? Yeah, yeah. Well, in the, yeah, I mean, my dad kind of just yeah did kind of what, and my mom just kind of went along with it. Yeah, it's like who he was, and he wasn't right, going to hide it, right? right. Okay, yeah, so, I got you. You know, and and so I, you know that was that was the start, you know, and and so like you know the drinking, you know, I just kind of you know I I remember as a kid, I you know I would be like the one that you know like kind of go fetch the beers, you know, out of the cooler for my dad, and 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 I really thought that was like. I thought it was really cool, yeah. you know, because I thought, oh yeah. yeah, like yeah, I'll get you, I'll go. Oh, you, you just want to connect with your dad, right? Right. I mean, that's every every young boy loves his dad and, yeah. and his, his mom and his dad, and he wants to connect with him, and that's that's yeah. a way that, you know, he asks you for a beer, and you're like, yeah, yeah. you know, hey, dad, no problem, yeah, right. That's yeah. your way to give serve serve him in some way. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, you know, you know, there was, and then you know, with my mom and dad, you know, I dealt with, you know, with my dad's drink, and it, you know, there was some abuse that went on with him and my mom, mm -hmm. and. You know, it was really hard to, um, you know, to watch that and to listen to that, you know, but, um, you know, and so, I mean, yeah, that, that the abuse kind of got bad, um, you know, with him and my mom and, you know, um, you know, their relationship. I remember the day, 
you know, that my mom was going to say, you know, I'm just going to divorce your dad, mm. you know, and that was really tough. Um, you know, as a kid, you just like, you know, you, you kind of like take that. I took it on like, you know, maybe, maybe it's it was my fault. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. And, you know, and so, you know, I don't remember, I was probably seven, probably seven years old. Um, you know, and, and I, I spent a lot of time at my, my grandmother's house, my dad's mom and, and actually both sides, my mom's grand, excuse me, my grandma's both sides of the family, sure. so my dad and my mom's side. Um, but you know, I spent a lot of time with my, cause I had an uncle that was two years older than me. So we were really close. So, you know, I spent a lot of time away from the house, um, you know, and, and which kind of helped, you know, kind of not be around it as much. Sure. Um, and you know, and so my mom, yeah, she did tell me that. And I think that's, you know, um, what, what was going to happen, you know, within the next few, few months, you know? And so I remember, um, it, you know, I went to a sleepover at my grandma's house and it was just me. And, um, you know, it was, it was crazy because I remember the, the night that I was there, I had this dream about my mom and it was just a really, just a really wild dream. Um, it was really upsetting. Um, and I remember, you know, the, the doorbell rang and this was like at six in the morning, six thirty in the morning on a Saturday, you know? So, you know, I was, you know, they're at a sleepover and I just felt like really heavy. I felt like something was wrong. And so when I got up out of my, off out of my bed at my grandma's house, I went and answered the door and there was my family there and there, uh, it was, uh, yeah, my, there was like, I was looking out, there was like 20 family members, you know, that, that were standing out there and it was raining that day. I remember. And I remember looking around and I didn't see my mom and everybody was crying. Oh man. Yeah. Everybody was crying. And, and I remember my dad, um, walking through and came up to me and says, your mom passed away. And I, I remember, um, you know, my life just crashed. I remember, you know, I, I just was upset. I, you know, I cried and, you know, it was really emotional, um, you know, for all of us. And I remember at my grandma's, I mean, it was like a day of just straight, you know, crying and, and what if, what if I, you know, and then I started in my head, I thought, you know, what if I could have been there? You know, what if I could have, um, you know, been there, uh, things would have changed. And then I, you know, that's what I started telling myself, um, you know, and, and I started, you know, it was becoming hard on myself, you know, I was, and, and that even made it harder, um, you know, so, um, and, and I really did, I felt really bad for my brother and sister, um, because they were there at the house and, you know, when they hauled her off in a, in a stretcher, they were there and my little brother was four years old and, you know, I just, I, 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 you know, when I thought about it and I thought, you know, I, you know, they must've just had it harder, you know, cause they were there and, and, and I wasn't, you know, and, and so it was traumatic for them too. Um, so you were eight years old. Yeah. You had a brother that was four and how old was your sister? She was a year younger than me. No kidding. Yeah, man. And, and I, you, so you were at your grandma's that night sleeping over, you had a dream about your mom and in the dream, was it like anything about her leaving? Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, that's, and it was, I think it was like, I can't remember it exactly, but I know that it was like a really like, um, a sad, it, like she died basically, or no she kidding. was, yeah, like she left and, and you know, I, you know, when the doorbell rang, I knew it like before I'd even like knew what happened. I, I felt you it. felt it in your yeah, heart. I felt oh. it. And, you know, yeah. that was, that was really tough. Um, you know, and, and, you know, when I was in fifth grade, I think I was, um, so that was really hard, you know, and, and I remember we took off like a week for school and, and I remember that was really sweet. There was like the kids that were in our school, in, in my grade that they kind of set us all like a cards, you oh, know, that's and, cool. yeah. And that, yeah, that kind of, you know, boosted, boosted my, 
my spirits up. But I remember going back to school after this happened. And I remember the kids, there was a few of them in there saying that, you know, singing, you don't have a mom. Oh, you're kidding me. Yeah. And I remember that, like <sighs> that, like, you know, I, that just like, that was a low blow. And I remember like, that's where I started to like think. And, and I started to, um, you know, like why, you know, why me, why, why do these, why are these kids saying this? Um, you know, and then like, why did my mom have to die? You know, like, and then I started, that's how I was playing things out in my mind. Um, so that was really tough. You know, that was a self-esteem boost. I mean, that shot blow, right. You know, and I think, you know, going, going through that and, and going through school, um, just, you know, I had self-esteem issues big time. And, and I think, um, you know, you know, it's just trying to fit in, you know, with kids and, you know, and like, you know, you go through problems and instances like that happen in your life that like that, it really, it hurts. And it seems to me like your mom really grounded you in yeah. the sense of she, what you, as you and I have discussed before prior to us recording, she was the one that would take you to church, yeah. right? So there was a belief in God. There was an understanding of why you're here on this earth, mm -hmm. who you are, right? Your father is struggling with alcoholism at this point in his life. And so there's not, I mean, I mean, although your dad is teaching you how to work hard and there's expectations around that end, which is helpful, you look at his life and you're like, there's not really consistency there in, in the yeah. sense of there's this thing. And, and, and so without your mom there and feeling grounded, I can't imagine trying to process all this as an eight year old. And you're, you, there was no warning of your mom dying. Like there was nothing, she wasn't sick. Right. Right. Yeah. She ended up dying of a heart attack. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, to back up just a little bit on, on my mom, um, you know, so they, she actually went into the doctor and they, she was complaining about her heart, you know, mm. saying that she was having pains and the doctor says, no, you're too, you're too young to have a heart attack. Gave her some medicine that actually counteracted with her heart problem that she had. And yeah, her heart uh, exploded and, and, and when she was sleeping, mm. um, you know, and that, and I look at it, you know, and I, you know, I, you know, I felt, I, I felt bad for my dad too, you know, and, sure. and to have him, I mean, he, he woke up to her, um, you know, trying to breathe and at that point, you know, she was a pretty much goner, but he, you know, he tried his hardest to keep her going. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and she was only 30. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Young. Yeah. Really young. And, you know, and so, you know, after it happened, you know, we got really close with my mom's side. Um, and we were, I mean, both sides, we, you know, our, my family really did step in and, and just, you know, showed love and, and, and even like people in the ward, you know, I, like you said, I mean, I told, told you earlier with, uh, you know, going to church and, and we had a lot of cool neighbors, um, you know, in the ward and, and the gospel and stuff like that. And so it, it helped a lot. And, you know, so I got really close, you know, with my grandparents and, and, you know, we, we spent a lot of time over there. Uh, so my dad was, you know, he was single after my mom passed away and he worked out at Twila Army Depot. And okay. so he was always gone, you know, working long hours. Um, and so we, you know, we, did he serve in the military? No. Okay. No, he just, he worked out there. Um, on, you know, he was a mechanic, I think he was. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So he, he worked, the hours were like really long and, you know, and, and, you know, he was a, you know, a single parent. Um, so we, we didn't really see him a lot there, um, at the house cause you know, he was always at work and trying to, you know, provide yeah. and stuff like that. Yep. And still trying to be a father. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I mean, we, we grew up, we were close with our grandparents, with our family. Um, I love to play baseball. So I got into baseball, um, really good at baseball. Um, little league and then, you know, um, you know, hunting and fishing. That's one thing that I, I had an uncle and, and even my dad, we, we went hunting every year. How fun. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it was, that was something that, you know, I, I a hobby that I love to do. Um, but yeah, baseball, I mean, I, I, you know, growing up, um, you know, I played in get coming into high school. Um, you know, I played high school ball for Lehigh. Nice. Um, 
you know, I was really good. Um, I love baseball. It was like religion. Yeah. <laughs> you <yeah>. know, <laughs> you were going to be the next Daryl Strawberry, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, so, you know, it's funny because we used to play like uh, wiffle ball and, oh, yeah. you know, we was like, all right, you know, we like thought well, I was like Ken Griffey Jr. You know, that's the, right. That's right. <laughs> you yeah. know, so it was, it was fun. You Did know? you ever point the bat at the fence? Yeah. Like, yep. <laughs> yeah. So it's going over the fence, folks. Yeah. yeah loved it. Yep. dude. Wiffle ball was like, that was our, that was our hobby yeah, too. The problem with the wiffle ball is though, you go swing as hard as you can, you hit the ball and it like stops. The wind <laughs> catches it. And you're like, oh, yeah. come on. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Totally fun times. Man. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, you know, I, you know, growing up, you know, I saw, you know, I got into high school, um, you know, and, and I had a, a cousin that I was really close with that we actually, you know, where I started the first, um, you know, experiment with, with drugs, which was marijuana, um, and drinking. Sure. Yeah. So that was, um, you know, we started doing that, um, as like, oh, I was, I think I was 15, okay. 15 years old. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it was like, we, it was like an every weekend thing, you know, I'd go to school and then I was like stoked, you know, for the weekend because I'd get to, you know, go spend time with my cousin and, you know, we'd, you know, smoke, you know, smoke some weed and, and, and drink. And that's kind of what, you know, happened for, you know, years, um, you know, as you know, before I was now even out of high school, um, you know, and, and, and even when I was playing as a varsity senior at Lehigh high school, I was, you know, smoking weed on the bus bus rides sure. you know, and, and stuff like that. So it, you know, it, I started doing it more and more frequently with activities, um, even in school, um, you know, and I, and I, you know, started, uh, was alcohol and marijuana and, you know, that, you know, that kind of started everything, you know, my grades. I mean, I remember I, you know, was flunking classes, you know, and, and really struggled, um, you know, with, with just school, you know, I, and, and, and I did, I mean, I, I even at that point, I, I, my self-esteem, I just, it was, I didn't have any. And, and I really was just trying to figure out who I was and, and started hanging out with the wrong people. Yeah. You know? And, and, in you know, I, I graduated, you know, barely, um, from Lehigh. And I remember, you know, I started partying pretty hard from that point on. I, I remember it, I, you know, run around, uh, the gang life, you know, um, you know, I started hanging out with, uh, gang members, um, and living that lifestyle, um, you know, and, you know, that's when I started dabbling with methamphetamines, mm. um, and, uh, you know, everything cocaine, uh, from out of, just right out of high school. Um, and that's where I met my ex-wife. Okay. I met, yeah, I met my ex-wife actually, we were partying and, um, you know, we, we actually, you know, started hanging out we started using together, um, you know, and, um, you know, and, and so, yeah, we did that uh, for like six, seven months. And then we, um, you know, she came up to me and she says, well, I'm pregnant, you know, and I, you know, I was like, wow, okay, well, um, you know, I was only like 18. And so I was like, all right, well, we, we I got to get married, you know, because, you know, my family, you know, they, you know, frown upon that, you know, and sure. And, and you what know, about her family? Uh, she, her family? No, not so much. Yeah. And yeah. Her family were, I mean, they, they're good people, you yeah. know, but they, they had their, their, they weren't LDS or, you know, but which is fine, but different set of moral standards. Right? Yeah. 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 And, so for you, it was a big deal. And you, you went to her and said, Hey, yeah. And she, she said, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, we ended up getting married, um, and had our first, I think like two months after we got married. Okay. Uh, pause had, right there. Yeah. I'm curious where your dad is at this point in your life. Like as you're in high school and I'm sure you did your dad love to come watch you play baseball? Was that like a connection for you too? No, no. My dad, uh, he, you know, little league, he, he liked to come to my games. Sure. But then when I got in high school, um, you know, I, I ended up, uh, you know, I wanted to play. I had to, you know, go and get a job and, sure. and pay for it. And I didn't really, yeah, I didn't get it. He was really busy, um, and you know, with work and, but yeah, I didn't have that, 
you know, didn't it was have... more in the hunting style of life. That was yeah. your connection, right? Yeah. So did, was he aware of, of the partying and was he aware of your drug use, um, in your high school days? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I'd like to go back just a little bit with, with me and my dad, um, you know, so with, with him being strict, you know, and having, you know, the rules and, you know, I didn't really have that. I didn't get an opportunity to go out and have fun. Like I, I didn't have an opportunity to go to school dances. Okay. Um, I didn't, you know, and if, if I had a bedtime, you know, I was like literally had a bedtime. Uh, if I was in living in his, under his roof, I had to follow his rules. Yeah. And so, you know, we, um, yeah, I kind of, that's where the, you know, I rebelled. Sure. Yeah. And that's kind of where it started. And, and, and he, it, it made him upset, you know, that he was, that I was dabbling in, sure. in the drugs and, you know, and that's where, you know, and, and he, and he got mad, you know, he's yeah. like, well, you, you can't live here. If you're going to live here, you have to live by my rules. And I says, well, I don't, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do it my way. And, and that's when I left, I left home at uh, 18. Um, you know, I lived on the street. I mean, I think I literally like was just couch surfing for like a year out of high school, you know, just, just partying. Um, and I didn't talk to my dad for years. I mean, no kidding. I, yeah. Until, well, until we got married, you know, and that was like a couple of years and then we got married and then, you know, I seen him there. Um, yeah. And, and so it was kind of like, you know, he, we, you know, it was, he was there, but like, you know, it wasn't like I, you know, I didn't really, our, my, our relationship wasn't all the best yeah. at that time. And, and so, yeah, I, the, the world was a lot different back then too. Yeah. I think, you know, I think we weren't as open about some of the things we were going through, right. Mm -hmm. Especially in Utah where the, the church is the predominant religion in Utah and, and the moral code. Most of your friends are mm -hmm. probably LDS and, and yeah. they've got families that, that live by that moral code. And sometimes as parents, you don't really know what to go, what, what to do. And, and going to a counselor back then in yeah. the nineties, wasn't necessarily like a cool thing. It wasn't right. like, like we, it wasn't <laughs> something that we celebrated. It was actually, in fact, one of those things where it's like, Oh yeah, that person goes to a counseling. I wonder what's wrong with them. Right. right. Yeah. Whereas no, that's not the way it should have been at all. But a lot of times when you have stubborn kids, what's the idea? It's that, I mean, I heard that phrase a lot in my life too. Mm -hmm. You're under my roof. These are my rules. And when you live in my home under these rules, this is how you will behave. And this is what you will do. And parents do the best they can. But, yeah. but that kind of approach to any stubborn child, all it's going to do is push them away. If yeah. there's not some mercy and grace and some opportunity to really talk through and, 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 and we'll talk about that a little bit more as we get further into your story, because I'm yeah. sure we'll, we'll come back to that. But, you know, that's a tough spot for you to be in because you just as a, as a young man, you don't know what you're, what, what you're doing yeah. and you're trying to learn how to be independent, right? We all want to be independent. We yeah. want it from the time we're like two years old. Yeah. I think my daughter Indy wanted it right when she came out of the womb. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but we're fighting for our independence. We want to show our parents that, hey, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm growing up. I'm, yeah. I'm, I can make my own choices. I can, I can do this. Like yeah. I'm smart. You know what I mean? And, um, and, and it's it's tough. The yeah. road's tough in front of us when, when we live our lives that way as young kids feeling like we need to figure it all out on our own. Right. right. So, okay. So after high school, you kind of fill this in on where your dad is with you. What, what's the time frame from when you are finished with high school to when you actually marry your, your ex-wife? So this was, I think it was like almost two years okay. out of high school. Um, it was like maybe a, a year and 10 months, I think it was. Um, and so like, I, yeah, I, I went, I mean, my family didn't even know where I was. Um, I literally just, like I was like the missing persons, you know, Sure. I, you know, I'm surprised I wasn't on it really a milk jug, but so yeah. you're saying, Hey, we need to get married and you don't even have a place to live at this time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It was, it was, yeah, it was, so I, yeah, like you said, I mean, I took on, so I, you know, I was like, okay, well I, I'm having a kid. I mean, I was like, all right, I got to like ship up, you know, I have to, you know, I have to be a man, you know? And, and that's like, and I did like at, at that time, like I was, I was using hard drugs. I was, I'm addicted, but like at that time I, I stopped, I, I got clean. I says, all good. right, well, that's, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a good dad. Um, you know? And so, yeah, we got married. Um, 
you know, and then I had my first child, um, Brighton and, you know, and she, um, yeah, I mean, we, I think she was, uh, you know, one, one years old, a year and a half. And, you know, and, and we, me and my ex-wife, we started uh, using again and, and, and that's where, you know, um, yeah, I mean, we, we went off and on, you know, we had, she got pregnant and we had her second kid. Uh, so each, we three were a year apart, three, two, and one. And, and, and we, I mean, the same thing, I mean, we dabbled and then like when she got pregnant then she stopped, we, she stopped and then, um, you know, and then, you know, I, you know, stepped up and was like, all right, well, I gotta be a dad, you know, I, just, I can't be doing this anymore. Um, so each one, yeah, we had our, after our third kid, um, you know, things got really bad. That's mm -hmm. when it got really, really bad. And I remember, um, you know, like, you know, I, I you know, what's really crazy is the story. Um, so I, I got after things were really bad and they were just starting to, we were going to like just divorce and, and, and stuff or drug abuse was really bad. And I remember, um, I got a phone call from a, a Lehigh police officer, a detective, and he said, um, Hey, you know, I, I've got something really cool. I want to show you. Um, do you have time, you know, and, 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 you know, I'm like, Oh crap, you know, what is, I thought I was in trouble yeah, or using it this time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I remember he showed up at the house and he, and, and he, and he says, can you come take a, a ride with me? And he oh, said, boy. yeah. And I was just like, Oh man. And I remember getting in the car with him and, and he reaches in the back and he pulls out this book and he says, he says, I felt inspired to give this book to you. He says, open it up. And I opened it up and it was, it was a book dedicated to my mom uh, from the Lee, the Lee high Sigalili, you know? And, and I remember like God, at that time, I, I remember like, that's where, you know, God, that's where I felt started to feel God's love and my mom's love. And, and, and I thought, you know, when I, th you know, things got really bad, that just, that little, that little, that book meant everything to me. Did this police officer, did you know him? Yeah. So he was actually in our ward. Um, okay. yeah. And he, and he says like, it's, he says, I don't even know the odds. He says, my son just brought it home and I was reading it to him. He is, you know, he checked it out of the library and he said he was reading through it and it says Sorry. dedicated to Linda Fulmer. No kidding. Yeah. And he says, I had to, I went and gave him money, bought it and I want to give it to you. Oh, how cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, did he, I mean, he had, if he's in the ward, I'm sure he obviously knew about your mom, Yeah. but do you know kind of what was going on in your life at this point? Yeah. So I think that's, I mean, cause I was getting in and going you know, in and out of trouble, you know, through the police department and, and he had, you'd had some experiences yeah. with jail and all that at this yeah. point. And, and I think he was like, all right, yeah, I want to, I want to like, but also I think there's that, that little prompting, right? That yeah. God's like, Hey, it's, yeah. I need you to show up for this young man right now. Yeah. And you feel that. And that's not, listen for, a, even if you're a policeman, who's not afraid of like crazy situations, yeah. it's kind of nerve wracking to just out of the blue, go knock on someone's door and be like, Hey, I got something I want for you. I'm sure he was excited about it, but I'm sure he was a little bit nervous about it. See so yeah. how you'd respond. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, that is amazing that, that, that happened to you. Yeah, absolutely. And that was kind of, you know, and, and I think that's where things started to really get bad. Um, you know, shortly after that, interesting is, how that works out. Huh? Yeah. It's like, it's like some light comes. Yeah right before some dark and difficult things. Oh yeah. And, and I remember, um, you know, right shortly, I think it was like six months after that. Um, my, my ex-wife ended up leaving and, and, and I was like, I was still working at the time, kind of trying to hold a full-time job. And then I was trying to raise three kids and I just like all this pressure and, you know, with the drug abuse. And I just says, you know, I can't do it. I, I gave up. And I remember, um, my ex-wife, she ended up uh, catching some charges and she went to prison. And I remember, um, I got in trouble and you know, that's, and I went to jail. And so, you know, I had friends of the family, you know, take the kids and stuff like that. Um, you know, I was in jail. And so when I was staying, uh, with the, in my stay, I was like three months in jail. Um, you know, I got papers, you know, saying that I had to terminate my rights as a parent. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. And oh. on my two youngest, 
Um, you know, and I remember sitting in jail and I thought, you know, this is like, how could this happen? You know, how, why, you know, why God, you know, yeah. I, I, that's, that's how I you get know, angry. Yeah. And, um, you know, and that's like, after that happened, I had to sign my rights over as a parent and I thought, well, why, what, what now, you know, like I, you know, my kids are taken, I had to sign my rights up. You know, I, I had that mentality, that mentality of, well, I'm just going to just go all out, yeah. you know, and just, I don't have responsibilities anymore. Forget it. Yeah. Yep. And so, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I went after that, it just got worse. How old were you at this point? I was like 24 youngster. Yeah. Three kids, 24 in jail. Yeah. And, and, oh man. And just like, you know what? Screw it. Yeah. Right. Like I, it, it's so hard on a, on a, on a young person, especially one who lost their mother, right? Like the grounding, the, the, the foundation that a mother gives most mothers give their children and, and that she was kind of your, the one that grounded you. Yeah. Um, man, I, like, I just can't, I can't even imagine like you, you would be so bothered with yeah. even the thought of God at that yeah. point. Right. Like you, you don't love me. Right. You don't love you. Cause you're not taking full accountability yet. You don't really understand how to, that's the problem is yeah. it's like, it's not that you don't want to, or you couldn't, it's that you didn't necessarily know you didn't have the tools to say, to recognize what taking accountability, the power and strength it gives you in your life yeah. for everything. Right. Right. So, um, at this point in, were you, were you like in shame? What, how, what's your life? What are you, what feelings are you feeling throughout the day? Yeah. So, I mean, I felt, I felt a lot of shame. I mean, that was one of the biggest ones. Um, you know, I felt like I was, um, you know, a, a, a failure as a father. I felt like, you know, um, you know, I, I let my kids down. Um, you know, so some like, guilt there. Yeah. Guilt. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and even resentments, I started getting okay. resentful towards I, God, you know, I did, I, you know, and, I remember, um, you know, and, and during all this time, I wasn't active in the church. I, you know, I, you know, was really bad in my addiction and, you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't have any relationship with Heavenly Father. Um, was there ever a point in your childhood where you actually felt like, God, I know you're there. I feel you. I feel your love for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think when my mom um, passed away, I felt that that was the closest I've ever felt to heavenly father, okay. um, you know, and, and so, yeah. And, and, you know, and, and, but shortly after, you know, and, and we, if we don't stay on it, you know, it's, it's easy to, to forget it. Yeah. And, and so like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I still went to church, you know, like before that, but then I, when I got out of the house, I, I was like, Oh, I'm gonna do it my way. Yep. And, and, and that's where, you know, like I, you know, it's my, you know, my way, the, way the highway. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. And so, um, yeah. So I went to jail, I got out of jail, you know, I didn't have my responsibilities as for my children. Um, and, and so I just, yeah, I went, yeah, I mean, I went, I mean, really hard. I mean, in and out of jails, I think I went to jail like 23 times in, in, in a, you know, like 10 year period, mm. you know? And so my, I got into, you know, methamphetamine and, and, you know, and I and got in and out of relationships. I, I was really codependent. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be without anybody, yeah. you know? And I felt like that, you know, that kind of started with my mom. And when she passed away, you know, I felt like I needed to have a woman in my life yeah. and, and, that was really hard, you know? And so I just, you know, I, I went, I divorced my ex-wife. Um, and then I got with another girl that was an addict too. And, and, you know, I went 10 years with her in and out, but you know, and I, and this whole time, I, I don't, I didn't really talk to my family at all. Like I, I seriously, like I didn't go around. I didn't, I mean, I'd come and go, you know, maybe a Christmas party maybe a Thanksgiving party. Um, but I, I really didn't, I, I really isolated. I was really isolated um, in my abuse. And, um, did they try and reach out to you? Yeah. 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 So I, you know, they would, um, you know, invite me to parties and then I just, you know, I wouldn't show up, you know, I'd say, Oh yeah, my kind of party. Yeah. 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 Really. And then I, you know, I'd say, Oh yeah, I'll just, you know, 
you know, lies and, and stuff. And, and I just yeah, lived, excuses and lies. Yep. I lived in it and, and lived that way uh, for years. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, um, yeah, I didn't have any responsibilities. I, you know, like I said, my kids were taken care of. Um, and I use that as for an excuse to uh, keep going and keep digging myself deeper and deeper in drugs. And, and, and I remember doing heroin. I started heroin for the first time. And, you know, I, I, I was, after doing that, I was just so addicted. I remember I was just, you know, um, dependent. I, I didn't want to like, after I did it, I, you know, I was like, wow, I, you know, like we were talking earlier, like with energy, you know, I, I believe I, if I didn't have it, I couldn't do anything. Yeah. And, and I literally feel like you're better with it than you are without. Yeah. 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 And I remember, um, you know, that's how, that's what I thought. And that's my belief system that I had behind that is, you know, and, and when I didn't have it, I wouldn't do nothing. I just sit there yep. and, you, and had to, you had to use it just to get out your door. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, uh, yeah. So I, um, you know, I did, I did that for, God, I mean, I was, you know, probably 30 and like probably 29, 30, um, you know, and I just, I mean, I went, you know, I started using the needle and, mm. and that was really, that was a really tough time for me. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I, I remember, you know, um, just to back up a little bit, I, I talk about, you know, uh, I, I wanted to end my life, you know, I wanted to, um, you know, I just wanted to be loved and, yeah. and, and I, I really did. I, you know, and, and with my ex-wife, you know, and she, she just wasn't having it. And, and I really just wanted to be loved and, and then she didn't, she didn't want it. And I just, I, I tried to uh, kill myself and, mm -hmm. And that so was, you were trying to actually like work it out with your ex. Yeah. 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 And that was like, it was just hit, you know, even after the, even after the divorce, um, you know, we, we tried and it just, you know, it just didn't work, you yeah. know? And, and, and so, yeah, I, um, uh, yeah, I mean, we, I got with my uh, next girlfriend and, and, you know, just, you know, I was just struggling with, with addiction and, and, um, you know, I, I didn't, I mean, I went like years and years. I don't think I even, I didn't pray. I didn't, I didn't go to church. I, you know, I didn't, um, you know, I didn't do any of that. And, and I remember, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, when they say rock bottom, you know, I, I, I hit so many times. <laughs> I was going to say, sometimes <laughs> you hit, you skid along rock bottom, right? Yeah. yeah. And I remember, you know, there was so, you know, the, the later part of my years, like when I was in the thirties, I, you know, when I started going to jail, this, the times that, you know, the months would be like nine months, yeah. it'd be longer, longer times. And I remember that's when I first, you know, I started to like read the scriptures and Okay. when I got into jail and I remember, you know, cause I just was like, you know, I was so lonely. I was so scared. Um, you know, and I just remember that's like when I, I you know, I'm going to start reading the scriptures and, and it gave me peace. Um, you know, and that's where I kind of sparked that, you know, when I was in jail, um, I just, you know, go to church. I started little, going little clarity. Yeah. Yep. And, you gotta and, find, you, it's like your soul craves purpose. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and when you're using drugs, you're in this cloudiness, right. And, mm -hmm. and you're trying to, you're trying to get away from the shame and the guilt. Yeah. And at first, I mean, let's be real at first it's fun. Yeah. It's exciting. It's flashy yeah. lights, right. Or yeah. else nobody would stick with it. Yeah. But as it goes on, it becomes very dark. And, yeah. and, and so you start to be, you start to have to use right away in the day right. or else you get to the point where it's, you beat your, you shame, just beat you down and beat you yeah. down and beat you. And you can't escape it right. until you connect with God. But that's the thing is like, we want that purpose so bad. So when you get some clarity in your mind, yeah. I remember I had to spend time in, in jail as well and, and enough time that my mind became clear. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden when your mind becomes clear, you want that purpose. And where do you tend to go? You tend to look to God yeah. a little bit in your life. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It was like that little bit of humility and, and you know, I, I, 
and and so the funny thing was is i this is how it was every time i'd go to jail so like i do a little bit of time and I'd, I'd go there and just go to church I'd, yep. and then when i got out i just went right back to the yep. drugs and i did that for you know um you know four or five years um so kind of just to jump forward a little bit i um ended up you know this kind of went with like my self-esteem issues sure. and and i remember um i met a guy and i started selling selling drugs and i uh I remember like, you know, being the, being the drug dealer, I, you know, I felt like there was, um, you know, like people liked me, you know, I felt like I was, I had some kind of, um, superior, um, kind of it boosted my ego because you know? people needed you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I remember, um, you know, I got involved in, in this big di distribution ring and I remember, you know, I, you know, it's for, I think it was like a year straight and, and did that and i you know i was like i thought i was cool i had that like you know like i'm the man you know and my ego like my ego was just like clear up in the sky and i remember um you know um i remember we were out in wendover and i remember um we ran out of, like this is this is crazy how this happened but we were coming back with my ex-girlfriend and the car ran out of gas like halfway and I just like ran out of gas, like out in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing in, halfway from Salt Lake to Wendover. There's nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember like we sat there, and I'm just like, oh, well, I guess we'll just wait for somebody to like, you know, we spent all our money. I went out there, just you know, sure. Yeah, and and I remember sitting out there, and and out in the middle of nowhere, and this highway patrolman pulls up, and he comes up, and and I'm on the passenger seat, my ex girlfriend's in the driver's seat, and he's, and he were like, well, we ran out of gas. He's like, well, I I can run you to ta like well like Tooele which was yeah. like you know 20 miles you know and and I remember he's like well I just gotta have your IDs I gotta see IDs so You're I like, can nah I'm good <laughs> yeah. I'll wait for the next guy yeah. even if he's a serial killer I'll take a ride with him yeah, yeah. so like you know I remember she gave she gave uh, him hers and then I gave him mine oh the nervousness yeah and then he comes like I remember like it was like a matter of like a minute yeah. not even that like Quick. I remember he came over to my side and he says get out of the car and I says why what what's going on and He's just get out of the car and he handcuffs me. Oh. And I remember, I says, what am I, what am I, what did I do? And he says, um, you're arrested, you're getting arrested. You're being arrested for uh, two first degree felonies. And I thought, oh my gosh, I might like my, my heart sank. And I thought, oh, I'm done. Like I'm done. Like I, at that, at that moment, I remember in my head when I got in the cop car, I was just like sobbing and I was like, just like praying. I was like, please heavenly father, like, please you know, just pleading and, and telling, like, I promise I won't do it again. You know, I promise. And that was kind of like the routine that I, that I'd done. Sure. Go to jail. I'd read the one I forget. And every time I get out, I bail just, me out. Yeah, yeah. Bail me out. Heavenly father. And I remember, um, you know, going to about the Twilla County jail in the cop car. And I, and I remember like, it took him like, it, we were like 45 miles there. It took him like 10 minutes. I'm like, golly, it's moving. <laughs> yeah. You know, and in that time, and I, and I really did like my, like I was really pondering on, on life and, and like it was, uh, I got first degree distribution, distribution gang enhancement. They gave me a first degree, um, unlawful activity gang enhancement because it was a distribution ring. And I remember like I went in there and, and people were like, dude, I, you know, it's not looking good. And like, I really like when I went there, I like literally like humbled myself and I like prayed and, 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 you know, I just asked heavenly father, if you just like, I promise I won't do this again. And so I got transferred to Salt Lake County jail and ended up, um, you know, it was a big, big ordeal, um, you know, like Homeland security and stuff like that. And, 
And I remember like, you know, I just was like, well, you know, I'll, I'm just going to like, whatever I can do, I'll cooperate. Um, you know, I'm not going to like, you know, lie. I'm just be honest. Um, you know, just to try to, you know, get out of jail. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to yeah. be, like you said, I didn't want to be accountable. I didn't want to deal, you know, it's like, you know, I, I just was like, whatever I can do to, to get me out of jail, I'll do it. And so, you know, I did that and I got out on ankle monitor. I did that for two years. So I ended up getting sentenced to two years in jail. Um, you know, and I got it, did it all on ankle monitor. Um, and, and the whole time I'm doing it on ankle monitor, I was using, so I was back into the, the using thing. And, um, I did that, um, for the two years and then, you know, I, I got an AP and P so I, I got released and did my time and they gave me adult probation and parole. And, and I did the same thing, you know, I white knuckled it. Um, I, I, you know, it's, it's, I mean, I, I literally like when I would go and, and, you know, uh, give a UA, I, I fake, you know, I, I, whatever I did to, to make sure I was clean. Yeah. Um, and I did that for like the two years and then I got actually completed successful. So I, I lived, I mean, I literally like white knuckled a lot of it. I lied. I was dishonest. Um, and that's the life I lived. I mean, I lit, I literally was like, I thought, okay, well I can do this. I can do it. Like without them knowing I can just keep doing it. I like, can beat the law. Yeah. Thanks God. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Don't worry about me anymore. And please keep them off my back. Right? Yeah. 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 So that's, that's the, that's the mindset I had. And, and I remember like, I, I really, really got really good at that. And I remember like, I, I, I literally like, I, I was just a one big lie. My life was like, I would fake my name. I would fake, um, you know, anything. Like I was just, I'd wear disguises. I got to where, you know, I started getting, when I started getting into heroin more at that time, I started like shoplifting. So yeah. I got into theft yeah. and, and with Home Depot and Lowe's. Yeah. And I remember like, I would literally wear disguises, um, just to like, just to, so I can get, do it and, yeah. and, and get away with it. And I, you know, I, I did that for a couple of years. You know, I, I was, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, literally Mike, I, I remember like, I, I look back at it and I, I, I mean, I, I could throw a number at it yet, but it was like a really big number. Sure. And, 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 and that's what I did for two years to provide, you know, to, to, to pay for my habit. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, that's the thing is I, I, you know, I live that lifestyle, but like, I always kept God in my back pocket. I always thought, okay, well, if something happens, then I'll, you know, I'll say a prayer and, 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 and he'll, you know, he'll bail me out. Yep. You know, that's, that's what I, that's, yep. that's the mindset I had. Yep. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I ended up, um, as you can see, I, I, a BYU fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sketch coot here on man. Cooed out. Yeah. And, and so I remember, um, you know, I got, I got some charges, some theft charges, uh, from Home Depot. And I remember I was, um, you know, they had me profiled as a BYU bandit. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So yes. I, I slandered the, t I believe I heard <laughs> some Utah fans make it for the BYU bandit. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I remember that and I, I remember in, in court, I was sitting there and, and, and I remember the judge, I remember the attorneys like, you know, talking to me about it. And I was just like, you know, yeah, I'm actually a big fan, but like, I, that's like, I use disguises to, you know, get away with things. And, and, um, you know, and I did that for years and, and, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, let me think. Oh yeah. So yeah, I went to, I got some bunch of charges for theft. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I ended up leaving my ex-girlfriend that I had, that I had, and, and then I got with another girl and we, that's when my, my addiction went just to heroin Yeah. and I, I was full-time. Full. So it wasn't at heroin yet. I mean, you were using, but you're like, that wasn't your go-to at that point. Yeah. Right? right. As long as you had something else, you're okay. But then yeah. all of a sudden it was full board into heroin and that's yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so this, this is when I, you know, I started, 
you know, I, I just full, full blow. And I remember getting sick and I, and I remember I just like that first time I got sick, I was like, I don't want to do this. I'm not, I don't, I'm, I do whatever it takes that I, that I keep it going. And, and that's where I, you know, the shoplifting and I, I just, that's, I didn't yeah, even work. Because what you're saying is getting sick. It's because you were coming off of it. Right. And so you had, once you get on it, you kind of have to stay on it or else yeah. you do get sick and it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, it was brutal. It was really brutal. And I, and I remember, you know, I, I, you know, shop, that's all I did was, uh, was steal and, and, and stuff like that. And, and I remember it was like, I just was burying myself. Like there's so much guilt, so much shame, so many lies that I, and it just started getting heavier and heavier. And that's what kept me using. And I didn't want to feel like when I, when I, when I get sick, I'd feel that, feel yep. it, feel it. I'd feel the shame pain comes right back. Yeah. And I remember I said, I'll do whatever it takes. I don't have to feel that. It's interesting that you said earlier, and I, and I, and I just kind of had like a light bulb moment because I used to feel the same way with drugs and, and smoking marijuana and drinking that people liked me better when I'm on this stuff. Well, you want to know why? Yeah. It's because we hate ourselves. Drug, like addicts hate themselves when they're off it because of the, they're buried in shame. Yeah. And we just want to feel loved and feel important. And, and we, we're not doing anything to earn it at that point. Um, by, by anybody who, you know, is an outsider looking in that there's nobody we can, we can gain love from cause they're going to look at us and go, man, crazy. Yeah. But, um, it's literally because we hate ourselves so bad that, uh, that we, we go, we have to, we have to use the drug and, and because yeah. we like ourselves better on the drug, we feel like other people like us better on the drug too. Right. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly what I thought and, and told myself and I, and I believed it, you know, I, I did. I, that was like a belief system that. I had and, and, and yeah, cause nobody else believes it. Right. They look at you and go, yeah, yeah, dude, you're crazy. And I'm going to protect my wallet and everything else when you're around. Right. I mean, yeah. Nobody else believes it. We right. don't listen to people because we're dealing with our own inside voice and it's so dang loud at that yeah. point. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, it was so loud. And I, you know, I, I remember, um, so I, I think I went like, uh, you know, about a year straight, you know, and, and, you know, I, I had a, you know, I had my vehicle and, and so things got really bad. I, you know, I started to like, you know, uh, you know, we, we, I wasn't getting along with my girlfriend and she was using too. We were sure. both, you know, doing the same thing. And I remember, um, I was living in my, uh, car. I that's, I ended up living in my car. I, I just had all my clothes. I had all my belongings. Um, you know, and, and I was just living in it for like three or four months straight. And I remember, um, you know, uh, you know, I was just like, I, I can't, I it's just, it was starting to get more heavier. And I, in the lifestyle I was living and I, and I remember um, I, a, a, an associate that I, that I knew asked me to um, give him a ride to, to, to somewhere. And so, yeah, I gave him a ride. And I, was, I remember waiting in the, in the car for him for like an hour. And I, I just pondered, you know. And I remember, I, you know, I just pondering on like life. You know, I just like I didn't, I, I, I even like didn't really say a prayer. But I like silently was like reaching out to like Heavenly Father. Like, is there like, is there something better? Like, I just was like. You know, it was like that little spark. Mm -hmm. And I remember, um, you know, I, I told him, uh, the kid, I was like, well, I'm going to go down to the gas station. I just felt like I needed to go to the gas station. I don't know why, but I was like, I'm going to run down to Maverick. And I remember when I left Maverick, I turned, uh, when I left the house, I turned right and chariot, uh, cop lights flipped on. Sure enough. Yeah. And I remember, I, you know, I was like, oh my gosh. And I remember, Mike, I looked on the floor and there was like, there was paraphernalia everywhere. everywhere. And I remember you know, thinking like, I just like, I don't know what, like my, my usual, like my usual, um, uh, I would like grab it, try to hide it, whatever it would sure. do. This but time. for some reason I just was like, no, yep. like I didn't, like I just, something was like holding me back. And I, I remember like he like got up to the window just like, like that. And I remember like he shined his, like I rolled the window down and he 
clicks the light on and he, you know, he puts his light in the cab and there's just, and he's like, dude, he's like, get out of the car, you know? And I remember getting out and like, I felt like, like I felt like that at that moment, like I knew, like I surrendered, I surrendered, like, to, yeah, time to submit. And, and I remember I like in the, in the cop, like I, I, and no matter what I said to him, no matter what, like, it was like, you're going to jail, yeah. you know? And, and I remember, you know, like I, you know, I thought, you know, in my head, you know, I was like, oh, it's going to be, um, I'm, I'm, you know, it's, I'm like, I'm going to go into jail. I'm going to like come off, I'm going to come off the drugs, you know, I'm going to, um, you know, just, um, you know, surrender. Like I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it this time. And I remember going to jail and I, I remember walking in, they had me into the, um, into the little first door where like, it's like the drunk tank. Sure. And I remember sitting in there and there was like, there was like nine of nine of us in there and there was like four or five of them that were homeless. And I remember, um, you know, I just like in and out of consciousness and they were just checking my vitals, you know, and, and I said, I, I stayed in there for like four or five hours and finally they're like, all right, you're good to come out. So I remember, um, you know, when they hauled me out, they, they took me down to the first pit that was, uh, at the Salt Lake County jail. And, you know, I was just sitting in there, I was trying to call everybody and it didn't matter. Like, I, I mean, literally, I think the only person that answered was my brother. And I was like, Hey man, if you can get me out, you know, like just come bail me out, I promise. And he's like, no, like we're not going to do that. You know? And so I was like, okay, well, so I tried to, you know, go other way, you know, call other people and, and nothing like nobody answered. And I'm like, I just was like, okay, I'm just going to give up. I'm going to just deal with it. I'm going to spend however much long they want, how much time, you know, just to come off the drugs, whatever they do, you know, I'll, I'll deal with it. And, and I really wanted to stay. And I remember they called me to the next pit and I met this, um, this kid, you know, and, and it, it was crazy. Cause we had the same birthday. We had the eight, 11, 81. And I remember like, no kid. Yeah. I remember like he, like, that was one thing that we talked about. We're like, no way we have the same birthday. And, um, you know, so we were like, kind of like from that point on, like, I felt like, you know, it was like connection, connection. There was something, there was something that was higher up than uh, more power than I could ever imagine. That was like lining things out for me. And I remember they called both of us up at the same time. And they said out of like a whole, like 20 or 30 people. And they said, you're, you're overcrowded released. You guys are going home. And I was like, no way. I says, this can't be. I'm like, I don't like, I, I don't want to go up back out to the streets. You know, I don't want to do that, you know, and I don't even have my car. I lost my car, everything in it, you know, they, no place to go, no place to go. And I remember, you know, I remember, uh, yeah, like we, we talked to this kid and I see, he's like, Hey, check it out. He's like, I, I'll get us a taxi cab, you know, to, to my girlfriend's house and you can stay, I have my car there. You can stay in it uh, until the next morning and I'll give you a ride. And so, yeah, like he let me stay, stay there. Um, you know, we, we left the jail and I got thinking like, he, where am I, what am I going to do? I don't have nowhere to go, you know? And I remember like, he took me to my, my old, my ex-girlfriend's trailer, you know, where I lived and like, I just got like what I can get and I left and I was on foot. And so I actually went to my ex-girlfriend's mom's house where she was at. And I remember I was just like, you know, I tried to like, you know, it's like, she's like, well, my, my mom says, as long as I can, if, if I can leave you, um, you know, I'll get my car back, you know? And that's what she told me. And I was like, well. I'm like, all right. So like, I was like bummed out. I was like, well, I'm just going to leave. And so I ended up on foot and I was like, like, you know, days on like just walking the streets. And I remember like, like that's where I remember like, and, and, and this, and this time in the, before I, I'd went years, like, I, I mean, my dad, I, I hadn't talked to my dad for like six years before no that. Yeah. yeah. And I remember, um, you know, I just like, like literally, like I didn't even have, all I had was my shoes, a coat, I had my phone 
and I remember, uh, you know, I said a little prayer, you know, and I, and I remember it very, very clearly. Um, and I asked for help. I asked heavenly father to, to whatever, like I'm, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And I remember like after that prayer, like I, I even tried to like, try to get out of it. I even tried after that. I was like, Oh, you know what? I, I can even, so I called everybody and nobody answered. And I remember the only person that answered the phone was my brother. And I remember like, I says, dude, I'm like, I'm hurting. I'm got nowhere to go, nowhere to go. And he says, he says, uh, he says, I, I had a feeling that, uh, you know, things weren't good. He says, I had a feeling he says, and, and I remember his, his, uh, girlfriend was even hesitant because of my history. Sure. And I remember he's like, no, it's his, this is like, this, this is real. Like, this is like, he's done. Like I, I feel it. Like, and I remember like in, he says, dude, you can't go anywhere. He says, just stay. I was at like a Domino's parking lot with a family dollar parking lot on holiday. And I remember like, I even tried to leave. I says, you know, I'm going to try to like find somebody and in the, in the between time just to like, you know, just to take off and, and nobody answered. And I remember my brother showed up and, and I was like rough. I was like hungry. I hadn't ate. And he says, dude, I had a feeling like I really felt the spirit. Um, you know, it, it told me that you needed help. And, um, he says, this is like, I'm willing to help you, but you have to do it on my terms. You know, you have to do it on our terms. You can't, you know, you got to get help, you know? And I remember like, you know, I remember the feeling that I had was like the biggest weight lifted off my shoulders when I finally says, you know what? Okay. I'm, I'm, I want to do it. I want to do it. I, I don't want to live this lifestyle anymore. I, I lost, I literally lost everything I owned. I didn't even have clothes. And, and he says, all right, well, he bought me a, you know, he bought me a large Domino's pizza and I said, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. And I just ate Threw the whole thing <laughs> yeah. like it was nothing. Yeah. And, you know, and so like, yeah, I went home with him, you know, and, and that was like the start of, you know, like, uh, um, that was the light that was, that turned on. And I, and I, you know, when we went to, I, I went to his house, I detoxed off uh, heroin and I remember you know, like that was miserable, but like, like I, I felt like that even through that, the, the, the pain and, and, and the withdrawals, like I knew that like there was something heavenly father had a plan for me and, and you know, that kept me, that kept me going and it kept me like, you know what, I'm not going to go back. I'm going to do this. Like I'm going to do it. And he says, well, we're going to get you into treatment, you know? And he says, you gotta do treatment. So I was like, all right, you know, I'll do, I'll do whatever it takes, you know, I'll do whatever it takes. And and so I went to treatment, I went to a Wasatch recovery, which was an amazing place. Um, you know, and, and, you know, it really, the light didn't even click on there until about 30 days after I was there. I, I still was like trying to do it my way. I was trying to do it, you know, where it was my will, not the Lord's will. And I remember like 30 days on in, I remember Todd, he called me out and, and he's like, why are you here? And I was like, I don't know. I have to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and that's when the light, like I, I thought, you know, like I, I was like, okay, I'm gonna do 30 days. I'm going to get out. I'm gonna do my that, that 30 days and that no more than 30 days. I had this timeline set up and I was telling everybody and then all of a sudden like 30 days got here and I was like, all right, well, I'm getting, I'm going group, you know, and everybody and, and they're like, no, everybody called me out and they're just like, when are you gonna, when are you gonna uh, turn your will over? When are you gonna 
fully surrender and that's when the light kicked on and like and and from that point on i said you know what i'm gonna stay here as long as it takes and and that that's the commitment that i needed to do and and that's when you know turning your will over and 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 letting the lord do his magic do his work you know do it his way not my way and so I did that, you know, I said, isn't it a good feeling? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I remember sitting there. I was, I remember like after that, like I, I just was like, I love treatment, man. Like I love recovery. Okay. And like, I was like, you know, I was doing everything, like whatever they told me, like I did it. And, yep. and I remember like, you know, I remember when I started to like, let the Lord back in my heart and my life, I remember, um, you know, my brother, um, you know, bringing in a book of Mormon up there. And I remember, you know, I was like, ah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've read this here, you know, like bits and pieces. And I just like, I don't know I, if, you know, I'll, I'll give it a try, you know, and it sat in my drawer for like two weeks, sure. you know, before I actually started reading it and, and stuff. And, but I remember like, as, as I started reading it, like I felt like the spirit, like I felt like there was something better than even better than where I was at in my life. I, I felt like the Lord loved me and, yep. and, you know, all those years that I went, I went years and years. Um, he was, he was always there. It's just, I didn't let him in. You know, he was like, you know, that picture, you know, the, with the savior. And, yeah. Yeah. And that like, you no know, up. yeah. And, and that like, that was so me for so many years. And, and, and so like, well, yeah. So I started reading the book of Mormon and, and, you know, and I was actually smoking cigarettes. So I, I, you know, I smoked cigarettes for 23 years, 20, 24 years. And I remember giving up cigarettes and, um, you know, I started to like lean towards the Lord. And, and I remember like, you know, I was like, I can do hard things. You know, I can, you know, like I, I remember I was like, you know what? I, I just quit drugs 23 years. I, I was like a, 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 a horrible addict and I gave it up. I gave that up. And I said, you know what, if I can do that, I can do cigarettes. So boom, there goes the cigarettes. I stopped smoking. And that's cigarettes. the hardest one. Yeah. Cause that, that means you're completely clean. Yeah. That means you are surrendered. Yeah. That's not an easy thing to do. Dude. It, and it was hard there too. Cause everybody smoked yep. everybody. I mean, there was like, I think like, I don't know, like maybe two or three of us that didn't smoke. Yep. And so like, I, and that was like, that was, that was tough. And I remember like, I was like, you know what? I can, I started to believe in myself. Like I started to be like, you know, I can do hard things. I can do like, I can, I can do this. Like, I, I mean, I went, like, I didn't think I could ever, I thought like I literally had that, that, that mindset of I was going to die an addict. Like, bro, it, you got God's DNA, spiritual DNA. Man. <laughs> you know what that means? Yeah. Oh, when yeah. that, when you finally submit and you recognize that, yeah. all of a sudden you go, okay, talk to me. Yeah. What do you want me to do? And he starts to tell you and you're like, I can do anything, anything yeah. you want me to do. Like I'm ready. Yeah. And you can. Yeah. And yeah. He doesn't ask a lot. No. Right. Yeah. It's, it's easy stuff, small yeah. stuff, but it's powerful. And yeah. man, it's, it's a better feeling than anything that a drug can ever give you. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, and that's, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I loved it. I mean, like every bit of recovery, I just remember I felt so good and, and my life was, it was like improving. And I remember, um, you know, going to start to go into church and I started like, you know, um, I'd go to sacrament while I was in treatment. I'd go there a couple of times and, you know, I, I started letting the Lord a little bit more into my life. And, you know, it's, it's crazy because when I, when I got out of treatment, I, I went into a sober living and I, you know, we, me and my brother started our business up and I remember, um, you know, he's like, well, I want you, you to come stay with us, move in, you know? And I thought, you know, all right, you know, I can do this. Um, 
you know, and, and at this time, you know, I'm starting to like reconnect my, with my family. Yeah. I started like coming around and, and like people are seeing like a different side of me that they've never There's seen. light in your eyes, man. Yeah. You're engaged. Yeah. You care. Yeah. 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 And, and I remember like, even with my daughter, like my daughter's, um, you know, like she's 18 now Yes. and like she, um, Is this Brighton? Yeah. All right. Yeah. And, and it's, it's so cool to like, you know, like our relationship now is, is amazing. Like she's, she's just so like forgiving and so loving and it's so cool to be able to like to to to, to have your have her have your daughter just be like i love you dad like i i've always been rooting for you i've always rooted for you and i knew you could do this but yeah. you know it's just like you I, I knew that you would do it eventually you know yeah. and, and i prayed for you and yeah and, that's so cool yeah, yeah. oh yeah and I, I mean she's she's so awesome and and so i i ended up moving down there with my brother and so I, you know, I started, I started going to church and well, and, and when I moved down there, I remember like I, we were working on a job and, um, my brother, he says, the phone's for you. And I says, I says, who is it? He says, the missionaries. I says, how did they get my number? <laughs> you know, it's, you know, the missionaries, you know? Yeah. And, uh, he's like, I don't know. You know, he's like, I don't know. He says, but they're looking for you. And, uh, you know, I, I says, hello. And he says, how you doing Weston? You know, he said, this is a missionaries. Um, he says, can we come over and talk with you? And, uh, I remember I, part of me was like, oh, I don't know. You know, <laughs> I don't know if I can make that commitment I've yet. I've submitted so much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, but I said, yeah, sure. You know, and, and I remember, uh, you know, I was sitting at the, at my brother's house and, and I remember the door knocked and, and then I remember answering it. And, uh, you know, I, I'll never forget it. You know, the, the feeling I had, I, I remember just bawling. I remember the spirit was so strong and I remember, you know, I just cried and, and I says, come on in. And, and they says, tell us a little bit about yourself. And I says, well, check it out. I'm, I'm in recovery. You know, I've, I've done a lot of bad things in my life. I, I lived a really rugged life. I, I was addicted to everything you could possibly be addicted to. Um, but I want to, I want to, I want to come back to the church. I want to, I want to come back to the gospel and, and I want to do this. And they like, they says, all right, well, we'll help you, you know? And I remember, you know, I remember the, the, you know, the, the elders quorum president, you know, he came over, uh, Vic, he's such a great guy and I'm so grateful for him. But I remember, um, you know, that this, that conversation, just me opening that door was letting Christ into my life. And I'll tell you, like my testimony of the gospel and of Jesus Christ is so, is so amazing. I, you know, I, I look at my life, I look at everything that happened to me in life and, you know, it's none of it, none of it mattered. Like I, I, you know, like to be, to have forgiveness and to be forgived for everything that I've ever done. You know, I never, I, I thought I was, I'd done two, I, I was like, how could I be forgive for, for all these things I've done? Like I've done terrible things in life. I've done. How's the BYU band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I've hurt people. I've, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've sold people, you know, drugs. Yeah. I've, I've, you know, literally I've done, you know, just horrible things. And I remember like, what we were talking about earlier about the atonement 
the atonement is is and i'm still learning about it like i it's it's so vast it's it's it's, it's infinite infinite. It's infinite forward and backward yeah yeah infinite. yeah and 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 it's it's so cool but you know what what's really cool about the atonement and what it's done in my life and is is uh you know my dad's my dad's health hasn't been you know very good and 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 you know he's had health issues and uh you know and and so you know i i've i've, I've came back in his life and and you know, I I became an elder. You know, I'm I'm an elder, and and awesome. Um, yeah, and it's it's just so cool. But you know, like when I when I went and met with the bishop, you know, and I I just remember like, it's like you know I, I'm scared. Like I was so scared, and I just didn't want to go through that. And but I, I just like you know what I I got to like I had that you know like I had did all this prior. You know, I got clean, I got sober. You know, and and it's it's just do it. Like get uncomfortable, get vulnerable yes. because that's that's where the that's where the magic happens. Yeah. And, and I remember like, I just, just went in there and I spilled the beans and, and I'll tell you what, like, like I was like the biggest weight off my shoulders and, you know, and I was talking about like adversity, like I remember, and, 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 and I was sitting in a temple cause I'm doing temple prep and, and it's really cool because, um, you know, like he was like, the teacher was talking to me and he says, you know what? Like he says, like we were talking about the pre-mortal life, you know, pre pre-existence. And, and I, and I really do believe, like, I believe that I was given like this life. I knew before I came here that I knew what I was going into. Like I knew I was going to struggle and I knew that I was going to go through with addiction. Um, you know, I was going to, you know, lose a mom. I, I knew that was what was going to be before I came here. And it makes so much sense to me now. Like, you know, like to look at it, like it, it's really, it's amazing. And, and I, and I'm, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful for my addiction. I'm grateful for my adversity because you know, like it's, it's made me who I am today. Like I feel amazing and, and it's greatness. I, I know that I, I can help others, you know, and I, like when I got my, uh, my calling to, to serve as a facilitator, you know, um, at the LDS 12 step addiction recovery. And, and I remember, um, when I got, I just, I just, I just, I cried. just cried. Yep. I remember like, I remember feeling the love that, that the savior had for me. And like, when I started to like put my foot in the, in, in back into the church and back into the gospel and letting Christ into my heart, um, you know, it really took some, it took a broken heart and a contrite spirit. It took me really to, to, to hit bottom before I can humble myself and say, you know what, like, help me. Like, I can't do this. I can't do this alone. It's, it's, it's just, it, it, it doesn't happen. You have to have the Lord help you. And, and, and he will, like I've, you know, there's, there's, you know, and, and to go with, with what I was telling you about my dad. So just to jump up my, so my dad, um, hasn't been feeling very good and his health, he has had health issues and stuff. And, and I remember, you know, um, you know, they, my stepmom, she called me up and said, um, can you come give your dad a blessing? And, and I remember going over there and, uh, giving him a blessing and, you know, I'm just, you know, in tears. And then I, and I turned to my dad and his eyes were teared up and I said, dad, I love you. I love you. And at that time I says, none of it mattered. None of the past mattered. What mattered is I love my dad and, and it's all about forgiving. It's, it's, and, and what's really cool about, you know, coming back and in, in, into the light and, and letting it in your life and, and letting Christ in is, is you start to be like Christ. 
and and you know I love I love helping like I, I you know it's it's my new thing it's my new addition <laughs> it's my jam <laughs> yeah. yeah you know and I'm passionate at it you know yeah. like I, I literally go I love I love you know I love family you know like I went I went years and and I'm a family guy now like I just you know I I, I, I love it. you crave it and and you know gospel like I've I've got you know like callings I, I mean I, I got a church calling for the the clean and I got like a you know a, the facilitate you know and like I, I see so many opportunities that I have, but you know I, I look at it I look at life as everything happens for us not to us, and and I know that everything had to happen for me to get to where I'm at today, and you know I'm grateful for that like I, I'm grateful to be have the opportunity that to help those that are that are that that went down my road literally and and because I've you know I've seen the darkest of the darkest places in my life and you know and surrendering and 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 seeing the light and letting Christ into my heart and, and it really he'll heal everything. The atonement is amazing and it heals everything. Like I, I just like, I get on, I could go on a tangent, <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. but you know, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I, that's my passion. Like I, you know, I, I was going to share something real quick. I, there was an opportunity that, so, um, during Christmas there was, um, you know, this, uh, this, young uh, woman that actually um, committed suicide and it was really a sad deal um, but um, there was a, a fundraiser that they had that started that's um and it's uh, I can't remember what it was called but uh, she, she lived in Salem and and I remember like I, I, I felt when I read this on Facebook I remember I felt like I needed to go I wanted to go give some money I wanted to go donate to this this charity uh, this fundraiser that they were gonna help uh, people that were struggling with you know Christmas and stuff and and I remember, um, you know, as, as I told, I, we were riding over there and, and this, she just passed away. And so the family was still, you know, still dealing with, yeah. it was really, it's a really sad deal. And I remember pulling up into the driveway and the dad was sitting outside and like, I remember getting out of the car and, um, walking up there. And I remember like, just the spirit was like so strong. And I just was like, here, here's some, I, you know, I, I heard what happened and I'm, I'm sorry, you know, I, I feel your pain and I just want to give you this money in her, in her name. And I remember like, you know, I just was like crying and, and he was crying and I just grabbed him and I just hugged him. And I, at, at that moment, I says, you know what, this is what life's about. This is what, this is what we're meant to do on earth. And, and, and it's, it's really, it's amazing. It's, it's fun. It's to be able to help others that are, that are struggling. That's, that's our purpose. And I, I believe that, you know, when, when we're in the service of others, we're in the service of our Lord, our Savior. And, you know, it's, and that's what helps me that, that really, I mean, cause there's days that I have that, you know, there's bad days. Sure. I mean, that's, that's, we're not perfect, you know? And, and the thing is, 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 is we don't search perfection. We search truth. And, and that's what I, that's what I've came to realize is it's, it's, you know, it's, we're not here to be perfect. We're, yeah. None of us will be, no. none of us will be, but Christ is perfect. Yeah. We're not supposed to be. No. And, and so, you know, I've, I, you know, there's, there's a saying that I like to say, you know, it's, um, you know, um, don't let what you don't know destroy what you do know. Like there's, I do know what I do know. And that's Christ. He is the way and he, and he's saved me. Like I literally like, am, I, I, you know, I love sharing my testimony. Like I, it's, it may, you know what I mean? I hope you're that guy that gets up every Sunday on Fast Christmas. That's me. Yes, that's many of us, right? That's many of us. Yeah, because I mean, it's it's that's what, that's what I'm happens. so grateful and and 
and you know, I, I'm, I, I love sharing my story. Like I, I mean, I get up there and I talk about my addiction and yeah. I talk about my struggles and, and I talk about how much I love the savior. And it really, it, it is like, it's, it's all about, it's all about testimony. It's all about faith, you know, and it's, and you know, it's, it's connecting. Like when you connect, it's it, being vulnerable and connecting is it's, it, you don't know how many people you can help by just, you know, being raw, being yep. true, truthful and, and getting, getting vulnerable. I mean, and God can't use us to lift others until we actually are honest. Once we're honest and we're transparent and we're vulnerable, he can use us. He can use our story, no matter how broken it may sound to other people that don't get it. Yeah. When we get to the place where we understand that he calls us son yeah. and daughter, right? Mm -hmm. Through it all, he called you son. Yeah. And it wasn't until you heard his voice and you listened that he was able, and, and you were honest with yourself, that he was then able to turn you around and, and put you in those places like that gentleman who lost his daughter. Yeah. I mean, he'll never forget that, right? Yeah. Those are things that, that matter and make a difference. Yeah. Wow. I, you know, hallelujah. That was an awesome <laughs> story. Yeah, I just, I love it. I, I feel, I feel the spirit, um, hearing your story and, and couldn't, couldn't, I, I just agree with everything you're saying about the savior and your love for him is tangible. Um, I can feel it and, um, he can feel it and, I know your mom, I know your mom is happy for you and, uh, she's on your side too. She's paving the way. She's, she's, you know, there's a reason that cop was sitting around that corner and I was like, hey, you, you probably didn't do anything wrong, right? It's just, Oh, Hey, what the heck? Yeah. yeah. I've been there. Yeah. yeah. That's not fun. Is it? But at the same time, in those moments you go, okay, I'm ready. I can't do this. Yeah. So I've got a few questions for you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, first of all, thank you so much for sharing. That's, uh, well, thank you. I love it. I mean, so so much you said. I, there's one thing I want to make sure to hit on real quick before we yeah. move on. Yeah. Um, it's what you said towards the end about about your mistakes, your you know um, trials, tribulations, mistakes, and how you want to change it for the world. What happens is our trials, tribulations, mistakes, our failures end up becoming our greatest victories in our lives. Yeah. Without our failures, we we really are nothing. Yeah. They challenge us. They stretch us. They help us become something so much better. Um, than we would be otherwise. Yeah. Ether 1227, ah, Book of Mormon. Love one, it. One of your favorites. You almost gonna... quoted it. Yes, <laughs> if men come unto me, I will show unto them their weakness, right? Yeah. I give unto men weakness that they may be humble. Yeah. Then is his grace sufficient, and that's when weak things become strong. strong. So our weaknesses, our mistakes, and, and I, shoot, I call them my mistakes, man. Yeah. It's a half, well, eight, nine tenths <laughs> of the stuff that were my trials were brought on by yeah. myself. Yeah. And those things have become my strengths. Mm -hmm. The hard thing is, is now that you get to that point, right? God needs to, God, God knows, but he needs you to understand that you can, you can feel that fire for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then he can back away a little bit and let you fly on your own. And you're going to start to go through some things again. You're going to start to feel that stretch again. And that the important thing is to just remember always him. When you give up, when you give in and you give it to him, he makes us so much better than we are. And that's the whole point, right? Because when, yeah. he, when he makes us better than we are, he connects us. Yeah. He sends us to people who are ready. He, he sends us to people who are, are, are reaching out. Yeah. And that's, he, there, if you want to connect with anybody, connect with God. And yeah. he'll connect you to everybody. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. And he knows him perfectly. So yeah. it's really easy to get to know people when he's on your side, right? Like yeah. he's kind of like, the yeah. first time I ever met President Nelson, who is, is if you're not LDS, oh, yeah. current prophet of the church. And I was on my mission. He came out to visit, visit Indiana and he, he took the time to shake everyone's hands and, and all the missionaries and, and look us in the eyes. And, and I, and I, and I looked him in the eyes and I thought, well, first of all, he's got these beautiful blue eyes. They're awesome. Yeah. But when he looked at me, I was like, wow, I bet this guy knows everything about me right now. Right. <laughs> yeah. But what's interesting about that is the closer you get to the spirit, um, 
and that energy, yeah. right? The, I think, I think the physical barriers actually get a little bit less solid, if you will. And, and yeah. the spirit really connects you spirit to spirit. And you, you do connect with people pretty easy, like you're doing, yeah. like you are doing. So anyway, enough of that uh, rambling from me. Oh, no, you're good. Phenomenal story. Um, I, for, listen, I, I want to ask you a couple questions yeah. um, more geared towards like, hey, if, if anybody is listening to this that maybe has a child or a friend or somebody, and listen, it doesn't have to be like drug addiction or whatever. I mean, we could be talking about pornography addiction. We could be talking about depression. We could yeah. be talking about um, um rely, you know, like enabling, right? Mm -hmm. If it's a parent that's enabling one of their children, that's, yeah. there's so many things that this connects with, right? Yeah. Um, tell me, tell me, um, for you, when, when you, as you started down that road, um, who showed up for you? Like, yeah. it, like, as you're starting to, to really beat yourself up, who showed up for you and how did you feel that? Sorry, my my my, my, my cat literally just jumped up to say hello to Tom. He he, he fills the spirit. Yeah, he's purring in the microphone. Hey, welcome to the party, fella. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's a good question. Um. So, yeah, there was a couple people that stepped up. I, you know, my brother, like For he's sure. like, dude, he's been like my rock, and like he's he, what's been really cool with him is um, he's in recovery too. Tell me your brother's name. It's Cade. 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 Yep. Cade, and he's, um. Yeah, he's 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 got a little bit. I think he's got a little bit longer than me. He's got like fifteen or sixteen months Good clean and sober. Good for him. Yeah, and so he's been like he's been there like every time, and and even through like my he was always there even through the darkest times. And you know, I remember you know as when I was in my active addiction, I remember him as um, I remember him, and he he wasn't using, but he just wanted to make sure that his brother was okay. And I remember he would just roll around with me and and watch me. Uh, slowly kill myself, you know, with drugs and, and which was, which was hard, you know, and, um, but yeah, he's, he's been there. Um, you know, uh, you know, I've had, fa I mean, off just family, uh, a lot of family, um, kind of just, you know, stepping up, you know, making sure like, what, what do you need? You know, what do you need to, but you know, I think it, I think for, for that, I think it is like, you know, it, it's, it helps to have to, to be there and, and to be supportive. Um, some, some families, some people don't have that. And that's, that's one thing that, you know, um, for me is like, I have friends that don't have family. And so like, they're my family, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that yeah, even like enabling, I think it's, 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 you have to set boundaries up, you know, as for parents that may have kids that are using, you have to have, you have to have boundaries and you have to, um, but you have to show them love. You have to, you have to be able to love them. Um, I think, and that helps a lot, you know, is, is to show love and, and compassion, but you that, that to hold them boundaries and not, you know, not enable because enabling yes. that's, you know, like I've seen, I have friends that, that, that went through that. And that's, that's, that's tough. And, and it's hard on the family, even harder on the family, you know? So yeah, I think that's, yeah, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, tell me, tell me about if you are a parent and your child is, is starting to experiment and maybe even into their addiction, how do you approach somebody without, without creating a wall and a barrier that that child feels like they can't come through and as you said, you have to be careful not to enable. So, mm -hmm. so how do you do that in the right, um, right degree that, that keeps that door open for them? Mm -hmm. Maybe they're even living in your own home, right? Yeah. But, but keeps the door open, but it also doesn't enable what, what's the approach do you feel like? Yeah. So that's a good question. Um, I, you know, what's, what I've seen and what's, you know, what I've seen in, in the recovery world and what's worked with me, um, and, and stuff is I think that you have, like when you set the boundaries, I think, you know, um, you know, being, uh, having 
compassion and being able to listen, you know, as a parent, you want to, you want to be able to, I think every parent wants to be able to like control sometimes yeah. be like, tell, okay, tell, yeah. you want to tell them. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, being more uh, receptive and on how they're feeling and, and to, you know, uh, you know, not judging, not, not judging. And, and cause a lot of times, you know, as, as parents or as, as, as family members, we want to like, you know, like, well, why this, why you want to judge, you know, it's, I think just being a listening ear, being there, um, you know, trying to, to sit with them and, and, but to, to, to get them help if they need the help and, and to really, cause you don't want to push them away. And I think that's, you know, but to, to set, you know, with healthy boundaries and to have, if you have a you know child that's using at the house, you know, that's, that's, you know, you gotta have boundaries, you know, that, that's gotta be something that, that you can enable, you know, as, as, you know, and, and stuff like that. But, um, and it starts when they're young. Yeah. Right? If, if it, if you know that your child's going through some things and, and listen, um, drug addicts don't become drug addicts right off the bat. There's usually other things that they're doing in their lives, lying, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, maybe some pornography use, maybe, uh, masturbation, like things yeah. like that, where there, there's hidden gems or, or not gems. Ha! Don't want to call those things <laughs> gems, but there's hidden things in that, in that child. And that's usually when a child is more willing to turn to a drug or something like that, because yeah. there's already something in their life that is hidden yeah. and maybe they can try this and keep it hidden. Right. Right. Yeah, um, I agree. I, I also, I, re- I really appreciate what you said about listening. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember times when I was deep into my addiction and, and people would come to me and, and throw judgment at me mm-hmm. and, and listen, you no, know, sometimes these are family members who, when you're, when you're a family member to this person who's in that addiction, you feel like you know that person. Yeah. It's like, I know this person. Yeah. I know who they are. I know what they're all about. But what's important is to remember every single person yeah. is totally different. We, we have not been in their mind. We have not been through all the experiences 24-7 that they've been through. Even if it's a person in our own home, mm-hmm. a child, a family member, a friend that we are super close to. We don't know everything about that person. We don't know why. We don't know all the struggles that they're going through. Mm-hmm. And so listening shows love and it shows compassion. And when we hear their voice and if we validate their feelings, even if we don't agree, you don't, that's the great thing about validating. Yeah. You don't have to agree with somebody to be able to say, right. holy cow, I never knew you felt that way. Yeah. Tell me more. Yeah. Tell me more. Yeah. And people, and then all of a sudden the, the unloading comes Yeah. and, and you, and, and one of the things you said, telling your story that is very important. I hope listeners caught this when you start to share and when you start to get vulnerable and you start mm-hmm. to open up, it's like a huge weight comes off your shoulders. And I think yeah. everybody knows that, but we got to give space for them to unload and they're, yeah. and people in their addictions are not going to unload with you if mm-hmm. you don't make it safe for them to do so. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I, that, I, I really love that principle right there is listen. Yeah. And of course ask a follow-up question, but just yeah. listen and don't judge. Like right. just step back, yeah. listen, hear it all. Don't have the answer for them when they, right. when, after you hear it all, don't yeah. say, Hey, I'm going to make an appointment for the Bishop for right. it. It sounds like he could really help you. Yeah. That's not it. No, that's not it. <laughs> no. Just, <laughs> just let it sit. Yeah. Well, and I think that's like, you know, it's like our egos, like we have to like set aside ego and, and really, I, cause I think listening comes with patience and, and which, you know, is, you know, it's even patience is a hard one for everybody. It's a, but <laughs> what, what do they say? Patience is a virtue with a whole lot of weight. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. But you know, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think, um, you know, listening and, and just patience and, and, you know, vulnerability, I, I, I'll tell you like, that's where you see, that's where honesty comes from. When people are vulnerable, they're honest. Amen. And, and I think that's one thing that I love so much when somebody's like really being raw and that's like, telling their story and telling the problems and being honest and vulnerable. It's like, keep going. Yeah. Just like, don't stop. Yep. Like, yep. and you just let them and unload. Like you said, I mean, yep. don't cut them off and just let them go. And then just be like, thank you. 
Yep. Like that's it. Right. Thank you. It's that listening. Thank you. Thank you for telling me more. You know, that, that is a, that is a powerful thing as well, because a lot of times when addicts start talking about their stuff, there's reasons that addicts do that. There's reasons why we do that. One of the reasons we do that is because we need people to hear our story because when we do, when we tell them, first of all, we're kind of in a way offering, it's almost like a gift to us to tell somebody. And that sounds weird because for an outsider that's never done drugs or anything like that, you, you, how's that a gift, man? Like, that's crazy. Yeah. No, it really is. Like, to get to the point where you can be vulnerable with that, to give that away, it's a yeah. gift. Yeah. And what that does is it, because, what, and the reason I mean it's a gift is it's because I'm saying, I'm offering this to you because I'm asking you to hold me accountable. Right. Because I love you that much. Yeah. And I need you to hear me because I'm holding myself accountable now. Yeah. I've learned this thing about accountability oh, that yeah. is powerful. It's beautiful. Yeah. And I want it. I want that so bad because that is the most powerful feeling in the world is when I can truly say, I'm the one that made the mistake. I chose yeah. that. And yeah. I'm the one that is doing good in my life. And I chose to go, get, to go visit that guy who had a daughter yeah. who's, you know, I, I, I felt prompted. I, I'm grateful for the guidance, but I made that choice. Yeah. That was my choice. Yeah. And I'm, pr- I'm proud of that. I'm, I'm happy about that choice, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, okay, a couple more questions. Yeah. So you, you said something about um, grace that was... Very interesting to me. I really liked it. Um, you talked about how when you got arrested, and I think it was like the second to last time. It was one of the, one of the many. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry I can tease you, but I've been okay. in jail a few times myself, so we could do that to each other. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But um, second to last time, you got arrested. And it was that time that you said that you basically were like, all right, God, like I'm here. I'm ready. I'll give it all away to you. But in the back of your mind, thinking that you can keep it hidden from God, you're like, but, but I've got my fingers crossed behind my back and yeah. you can't see that. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and it's almost as if he gave you that grace. Yeah. But then shortly thereafter, yeah, it was completely gone. Yeah. Right. Like it we went right back to dark. Yeah. And I had this thought about grace, right? Grace, grace is freely given to us. Yeah. We don't deserve it. We never do. Um, but it's freely given to us. Yeah. But I think one of the most powerful parts of grace and the most beautiful part of grace is we have to live up to our promises. Yeah. Right? We receive grace as soon as we turn to Christ, as soon as we turn to God and we say, I need you. Yeah. We usually at that point are willing to say, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll, I'll lay my selfish pride down. Yeah. I will, I will start looking to you in, in my thoughts before I make a decision. I'm going to come to you and I, I want to include you and ask you what you'd like me to do. And, and that doesn't mean that you're always going to give me the answer, but I want you to be right there as my front man. Yeah. I'll be your wingman, if you yeah. will. I want you to be, there's the director in my life. Yeah. When we get to those rock bottoms, that's really what, where we get to when we start coming out of it. But there's, there's something about grace it's free. Yeah. It is everlasting. But for us to stay plugged into that grace, we have to do our part. Yeah. We have to do our part. And it, it, it's usually not a very big thing, but it, it includes us living up to that promise, if you will, yeah. that we've made to God to say, help me. Yeah. And if you do, I promise I'll listen. Yeah. Right. Cause you don't, you don't cry out to God and say, help me. Yeah. And then say, well, I don't want to listen to you. I just need some help here. Right. Doors closed right after I say help. Yeah. That's not the way that it works. No. And, and when you keep that door open, when you stay plugged in, that grace is there. Yeah. Tell me, tell me your, about that to, with you. Like what, what does that mean to you in the, in, in the experience that you went through? Like, tell me, tell me about grace. Like, what does that mean to you? 
I know that yeah. I didn't give you like a very super clear question, but I think I kind of gave you enough that. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good question. Um, yeah, grace, you know, that's, you know, I, I one of my favorite church talks uh, is by Brad Wilcox It's great. His grace is, is sufficient. Um, and you know, it's, it's one of my favorites, but you know, grace, um, it is, it's, it's one of those things that, um, you know, like I said, like, uh, you know, where I was in the back of my mind, you know, there was a time where, you know, it was like, I was going to like half, halfway in, halfway out. And, and, and so, and th this is, this is the crazy thing of how much our father in heaven loves us is it's always there. And he is, and, and the thing is, is like, I have, I have went and, and seen and felt his grace so many different times. And he's forgiven me so many times. And I, and I, time after time, as I went through it and, 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 you know, and, screwed up and, and screwed up again. And it was always there. It never, never failed. And, um, you know, I, 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 you know, it's, it's, I agree. I mean, I think it's for me, what I've, what I've noticed with grace is, um, you know, it's, it is, I have to constantly re be humble and I have to have humility. Um, even, even like right now, even today, you know, and, and I still struggle with things and, you know, I, it's the humility. Like I never can feel like I've got too much of it. I never, cause some, sometimes like I'll feel like I'm getting like, Oh yeah, I've got this. Well, I've got, and it's like, you know what? I, I can't put myself before God. I have to have him first, no matter what. And, and with grace is, is, you know, like it is, it's, it comes with humility and, and I'm always like today, for instance, like I, I was struggling today, you know, I had a, I had a bad day just, you know, like everybody else, but you know, I, I literally got on my knees and I cried. I cried out to Heavenly Father and to just to just to have his mercy and to feel his love. And I'll tell you, like, I like it was it was so because it's instant. You know, it's like I feel it. And, and, and you know, it's always there. But I think for for me is, is I can't I have to always be humble. And, and I pray every morning and night and, and I'm always on my knees and I'm always you know, asking for, for him to, what I can do to better myself yeah. to what I, what, what can I do to, um, you know, cause you know, there's, there's, I make mistakes, you know, I make, you know, we're not perfect, you know, and there's things that I, that I still need to improve on in my recovery that, 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 you know, to be closer to God, but it is, it's like, it's, what can I do to be better? What can I do to, to feel your love more? Or what can I do to, you know, help somebody else out that, you know, and I think, you know, that's where we start to feel his grace. And, and in my life, it's, you know, that's, that's helped a lot, you know, that I love it. It, may, it. it reminds me, I read this, um, I read this book, um, the return of the prodigal son by Henry Nguyen, mm. amazing book. I'd recommend it to anybody. Um, there's a part in that book where he talks about how, um, we need to put ourselves in a place to be found by God. It's not, and, and, and it's not that God doesn't know us. Right. It's not that he doesn't know everything that we're going through and what we've been through. But we need to put ourselves with our choice in a place where we can be found by God. Mm. Make sense? Yeah. Right. Right. Like it. so, we have to choose to put ourselves there because He's waiting. Yeah. He's ready. Yeah. He's knocking on that door. Right. Like that picture shows. I love it. But He's not going to barge in. Uh, you know, yeah. except for in extreme cases yeah. sometimes. But <clears throat> you know, I, I think that is a very important thing and a wise thing that you just said. That's that's powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, oh, thank you. And your story reminds me so much of the prodigal son because he wasted it all. He gave it all away. Yeah. And as soon as he got back, his father ran out to him. Yeah. Got his cloak, you know, like gave him a cloak and, and like slaughtered the best cow or the biggest yeah. cow, whatever. And 
and that dang brother got bitter. And, and I yeah. think that's kind of, uh, that's after yeah. you get through these things, then the <laughs> yeah. struggle is don't get bitter at other people, right? Yeah. There's a whole uh, story. In a, yeah. In so many, on that. so many parables in yeah. that one. I love it. Well, I love amazing. it. Yeah. Um, I, I just, two more questions. Yeah. No, um, yeah, you're good. So first tell me your daughter, Brighton. Yeah. Right. Um, so there's Brighton and there's, there's two others. Yeah. And they're adopted. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I hope one day they'll hear this. Yeah. But tell me what you'd say to Brighton and to your, your kids right now. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, you know, I, one thing that I would say is, you know, I love you. Um, you know, you know, I'm, you know, I'm sorry for, you know, what I put you through. Um, you know, um, you're an amazing, you make me a proud father. Um, you know, I, you know, it's, it's, I've, I've thought about this a lot, you know, and that's, that's cool. You brought that up because, you know, I, I've actually, you know, dealing with my, my son, he's actually struggling right now. Mm. And, um, you know, I, it's, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I hope he listens to this and, and can hear my story, but to know that I love, love him and, and that I've been through, I've been through what he's going through and that, you know, I'm always here for him, um, and to be supportive, to listen, um, you know, and, and I think that goes with all my kids, you know, I think, you know, I, I'm just super proud of them. I, you know, I, to be where they're at, you know, and, and even my son that's struggling, you know, he's, you know, they've, they've all went through and, and they're, they're amazing kids, you know, and, and, you know, I, I hope, I hope and pray I do every day. I, I pray for them and I pray for their safety and, and the, the, the spirit, you know, may dwell with them. And, and, but, you know, I, I just love them. I, I do. I, they're the good, the best kids ever. You know, I, you, you look at, you know, it's, it's, I've seen it, you know, with other families too, with kids that go through the same thing, but it's cool to see kids where they're at, you know, and it's like, they, they're so forgiving. Kids are so forgiving. And it's so cool that they, they've, they, you know, they've reached out to me and, and the relationship that I'm building now with them is amazing. And, and I, I, I'm so, that's what keeps me going. It keeps me. And then that's the cool thing about the atonement that, that it starts to heal things and, and it takes time, but it will heal. The atonement will heal everything. His grace is sufficient. Grace is sufficient. And, and, and so like, I, I, I do, I, I love them. I'm super proud of them. And, and I hope that they, um, you know, my other two that when, you know, when the time comes, when it's right, when it's right, that they, you know, they, they, they'll come around and, and we can have fun and, and I can, you know, be a, be a father, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm so glad you guys are able to reconnect and, and I'll tell you, you know, to, to Weston's kids when, when they listen, um, you know, to have a, a father that's been through the things that, that he's been through and, and he's had that change of heart. Number one, first and foremost, as you go through your stuff, just know he's never going to be ashamed of you and he'll help you feel value uh, when you're going through your stuff. So do not hesitate to reach out to him. And the other thing is too, is watch his, watch his life now by, by his fruits, you shall know him. Right. So watch his life because as he continues to go, you'll see him doing things for other people that, uh, that, you know, that he'll, he'll show you, um, by his actions and by his deeds, how much he loves you and how much he loves God. And I think that's what it's all about. You know, yeah. God changes our hearts yeah. so that we can show up for each other. And, and that's what you're going to do. Um, last question. Yeah. In your darkest moment, what was the gift that you were given? That's a good one. I got, so <laughs> I'll tell you what, um, humility, um, compassion, empathy, um, to be able to love, to have Jesus Christ in my life again. Um, 
is amazing. I mean, I, I, I literally had to go down that dark road to find, it's like, it was like Christ. It's like that, that picture where you see a train going through the tunnel and it's dark, but there's light. Like Christ was on the other side of that dark tunnel and I had to go through it. Like I had to go through it and just know that he was on the other side with his arms open, say, I'm here, come here, son. And, and just wrap his arms around me and, and show me love. And you know, that's, that's, that's amazing. Like I'll never forget that. Like I'll never forget like the darkest in the darkest times, like the, the, the feeling and, and the emotions that I've had. Um, and that's what I love to share. I love, I love giving, you know, which are great attributes. I mean, you got, you know, uh, compassion, um, empathy, um, love, um, you know, um, you know, patience, um, you know, are, are wonderful attributes of, of the savior. And, and like, I, that's, I, I, that's like my example. I want to be able to, that's where I've learned to, to have those things to get me through those dark times, but to know our savior's there to lift me up and, and, and he won't let go. He, no. he's, he's there and, 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 and it's through his love and, we can be healed. I mean, absolutely. I, and I, that's one thing I love to share with others. You know, I've, I've seen so many in recovery that's, that's fallen and, and, and in a dark place. And, and I'm, I, I'm super grateful to be in, a, in an opportunity and a place to, to be there, to be a friend, but to, uh, you know, to, to share that light with somebody is I'll, I'll never, I'll never, I can tell you, I'll never go out and use again because of that feeling is, is, is it's the best in the world. Amen. Yeah. Tell us, so if, if anybody wants to reach out to you yeah. um, with any questions or like maybe, you know, need of help or like, what do I do for my child or somebody else yeah. um, or that just wants to know for themselves, how do they get a hold of you? You mentioned that you've got Instagram. What's yeah. your... Yeah. So I've got, let me double check on my, so it's, um, my Instagram is, um, it's Weston Loves Life 81 uh, on Instagram. You can reach out to me on there. Um and or Facebook, I'm on Facebook. Um, but Just yeah. under Weston Clark on yeah. Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Weston Clark on Facebook or Weston Loves Life eighty one on Instagram. Um, you know, I'm always posting stuff recovery based, um, uplifting, uplifting stuff. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, you know, that hell, I mean, I look for it every day cause you know, I, there's friends and, and stuff that, that even you, I mean, I'm always, you got always posting cool stuff on, yeah. on yours and I love it. You know, it's, it's all about uplifting stuff because you never know whose life that will, that yeah. will impact. And, and so, yeah, I'm on both of those. I actually, you know, if you're, if, you know, you got a family or friends want to go to LDS 12 step, um, you know, I facilitate the one in Spanish fork. Um, uh, yeah, it's actually 585 North main street in Spanish fork, Utah, um, is the, is the church ward that we do it at. So feel free to, you know, family are always welcome. You know, it doesn't have to be addicts. No, it, it's, fa it's actually, we love to have family come with because it, it, it's, it, it's, it blesses it. I mean, it helps the family even more sometimes, you know, cause it's hard for the family to understand what, what addicts, what we go through. And, and it just, it's, yeah. it's nice to feel the spirit and, and to, um, just to be there with family and to be supportive. It's all about support. And the, the interesting thing about it, I've taken some of my family members to it. Yeah. When, when you think you don't need it and you think it's only for addicts, you go and you go, you walk out going, holy cow. Like I, <laughs> yeah, I'm grateful for what? Like, I mean, it's just, it's eye opening. Yeah. I mean, we all, yeah, we all, have to turn our hearts to God at some yeah. point or another and we get those opportunities and yeah. 
addict or not, you're yeah. going to go through your own stuff that yeah. you've got to figure it out. And uh, it's not easy for anybody. Everybody's got a story. Oh, yeah. And so that LDS 12-step meeting is not for just for addicts. It's for everybody. It's the yeah. Atonement 101. Well, and, you know, one thing that I want to mention, too, it's really cool that, you know, the, you know I've had some of the people in our ward go and, and, and you know, go through the meeting and stuff like that. But what's really neat is, is the spirit that you feel there. And, yeah. and you know, my, uh, my buddy was saying, you know, it's, he said, uh, you know, if, if, if Christ and you know, if Heavenly Father, if they came to, you know, if they came here right now, where would they be at? Would they be worrying about the people that are on them already doing good? Or would they be trying to help those that are struggling? They'd be helping those that are struggling. And it's really, that's what's really cool about the meeting is, is I feel the spirit stronger in those meetings than I do. Yeah. And I think they'd be going around to some of those that feel like they're doing pretty good in their lives and knock on the door <laughs> yeah. and say, Hey, I need you to be here with me. Yeah. This is where you should be. Right? Yeah, absolutely. It's where, it's where we all, we, yeah. you know, we all come together. Yeah. Anyway, um, you're awesome. Thank you for sharing your story. You're super welcome. Thank uh, you for I'm, having me. I mean, this is again, being vulnerable, sharing your story, sharing your truth. There's somebody out there that needs to hear it. And, um, you've been through a lot, but man, you are amazing. And I'll tell you what, you know, you're supposed to go through this, be tried. The witness comes after the trial of our faith. Well, my gosh, my friend, you were supposed to be strong because you went through a lot and that's what it is. And, and you are strong and you are good and you will point people to Christ and just continue to do what you're doing. Um, love you, my friend. Thank you for coming here. Love you too, Mike. Thanks right, for having brother. me, man. Okay. Okay. Thank you for tuning in to Come Towards Delight, the podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed today's show. I would love to hear your feedback. You can subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcast or any podcast platform you use. If you or someone you know has a delightful story to share that I need to talk to, please email me at come towards delight at gmail.com. Thank you.